The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, well folks, that's a wrap on 2023. And as we close the year that was, we take a look back and pick some of the finest film fancy for you, your family, and your friends. Dear listeners, it's the best around. I'm Riggs. I'm Andy. And this is the Filmatics Podcast. Hey folks, and welcome back to the Film Addicts Podcast. I'm here with Addy. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. What's up with you? Oh, you know, just just living the dream over here. Um, just I finished my smoothie because before we started recording this time, because I don't know if you remember, folks, last time I was having a smoothie on camera, it was like drinking concrete, and um, and it did uh, it did delay some of my reactions. Um, but how are you? What's what's going on? What's been happening this week? I'm doing okay. Uh, well, I don't have any holidays, so I'm just drinking. You didn't hot have chocolate. any holidays. No, just just on Christmas. Okay, and you're drinking hot chocolate. Fantastic. Yep. Also, Lovely. pro tip: if you actually do like hot chocolate and like a little bit of coffee, add like a shot of espresso in your hot chocolate. It will be awesome. Now you're talking. There's something they do here quite often. Um, that's called a dirty chai. And it's where you have chai mix. I guess it's a powder, which is for shit. But you could do it with the leaf tea, I guess, as well. And um, and you put coffee in it. And apparently it's delicious, but I, I, I don't drink coffee anymore. So, Hey, Perry. Sorry, my cat just came in to say hello. Hey, buddy. Okay, see you later. <laughs> and he's off again. Um, yeah, so here we are. We're doing the best of 2023. Now, we should probably preface... I didn't see, and it's all movies that have come out in 2023 or that I saw in 2023 that came out within that window, you know, the release window of end of 2022, 2023. I didn't see every movie that came out last year. Um, so if there's something I missed that you really loved, don't take it personally. <laughs> I just didn't see it. I know Godzilla minus one is, is uh, or is it plus one? Godzilla minus one. Godzilla minus one. If it was Godzilla plus one, there'd be two of them um, to be Godzilla's. Uh, yeah, it's, I didn't see that. Apparently, that did it's fantastically well. I haven't seen poor things yet. I'm going. I'm going tomorrow, but we're recording this today, so fuck it. What am I supposed to do? Yorgos Lanthimos probably going to be in the top ten, but whatever. Um, yeah. So, and 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 again, this is mine and Addy's opinion. We're not attacking anybody. We're not saying that our choices are better than your choices. They're just our choices. And you also notice this is called the best of 2023. We're not going to talk about films we didn't like because what's the fucking point? And if you want to hear about that, go back and listen to the beginning of our Flashpoint Paradox episode where we talk about The Flash uh, with Ezra Miller and, and the Michael Keatons and all that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're doing. We're not going to do our regular news segment uh, or a what are we watching. We've got some questions at the end, which is great. Thank you for contributing again, friends. Uh, but we're just going to get straight into it. Uh, Andy, do you have any uh, anything you want to say beforehand? Any preamble, some precursors, some addendums, some quid pro quo? Yeah, so... Again, I haven't seen all the films that came out, and uh, no, yeah, <laughs> because you're not, you can't, you have to sleep sometimes. Well, not me because I don't sleep, but uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, sometimes I don't feel like watching movies, and I just rewatch normal people, which is valid. <laughs> that's a that's a lifestyle choice. It, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Addy doesn't sleep. I don't know. You probably can't n notice this um, from his his beautiful voice, but uh, he's actually hanging upside down right now, um, and that's how he 
He just hangs upside down for 20 minutes of the day and then eats a handful of moose and, and, and he's off again. You know, that's that's his whole, yeah. there's no sleep. Yeah. The the baby blood axe voice I do is, is my actual voice. So when I, when I sit right up, that's that's the voice. That yeah, when he's up. upside down, he, he, yeah, it sounds like this. But when he's the right way up, it's baby blood axe. Hey, do, we'll talk about this more on, on the next episode because when we do, what are we watching? Did you watch Rebel Moon? I haven't yet. So that's not on my list. Maestro is not on my list because I haven't watched okay. those yet. Yeah, sure. I've seen it. We'll talk about it next week in, in you know in brief um, uh, on our Klaus episode. But uh, yeah, it it's it's something, all right. It begs for a director's cut. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, Maestro. I, I messaged Daddy about uh, Bradley Cooper's uh, new film, uh, produced by Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg. Imagine having your second directorial effort direct um, produced by those two. Um, pretty amazing. But uh, I had to I had to find space for it in my top ten because it is absolutely wonderful. I don't care. I don't know what everybody's so fucking upset about. <laughs> it's just it's so much. Like I understand the prosthetics are upsetting people and whatever, but that's what that's what the guy looked like. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's weird. people are saying that it's I don't know overwrought or poorly acted. I I don't know what you're talking about, friends. I I think it was a, a beautiful piece of cinema. Um, but we'll talk about that. When we get into the top ten, um, so how do you want to do it, Addy? We haven't a little bit, uh, you know, behind closed doors here, folks. We didn't talk about how we're going to do this. We just were like top ten and then honourable mentions. Which one do you want to do first? Right. Do honourable so, mentions. So let's get honourable mentions out of the way, and then we go yeah. ten, nine, eight, seven. Yeah, we'll do. We'll go sip, sip, sip. Yeah. <laughs> like old times. Okay, that's, cool. That's right, also we'll- that's also call back to like the very first episode. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy yourselves, folks. Go back and listen to our our catalogue of which it's now well, including a couple of special episodes where we're at forty episodes as of not that it's thirty nine this episode, but we're over forty now, so um plenty of hours of stupidity to go and listen to. So let me just pull up my thing here. So honorable honorable mentions we go from top to bottom and then top ten we go bottom to top. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I haven't put my honorable mentions in any discernible order. They're just kind of. That's you know, right. This is what's up. Uh, I'm just going to turn off the auto lock on my phone. Okay. Uh, you're the you're the first one. You're the first duck. So honorable mentions number one is Billy Eilish live at O2. I know oh, shit, this is yeah. this is this is probably cheating, but it's my favorite uh, theatrical experience of all time. The Stuka were doing amazing. Because, uh, yeah, when she was here, I wasn't able to watch her, like, in concert. Mm. And so to have that film come out and, you know, it was, it was like, a one-time release. It was out in theaters, in like, throughout the world at a, at a certain point in, of time. And it was just one screening. And it was, like, the whole world watched this uh, concert together. And in my, mm. in my theater, people, like, jumping up and dancing and singing it was amazing uh well I, i've got a in my top 10 i've got a concert movie as well um so no cool. no, no crimes there i haven't seen it is it is that any does that have any relation to the documentary that was on apple uh no it's That's a, a different thing uh, yeah also this one this one is not like on this like you can't find it it's it's not on vod oh well maybe we're gonna go fuck ourselves that's that <laughs> come on billy get on top of it um Okay, cool. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a don't. That's not funny. I'm I not. She is a child. All right. That's you were laughing at the wrong things there. 
just a just innocent woman trying to make music. Uh, anyway, okay, my honourable mention, my first one is Tar. Oh shit! Yeah, that was that was Kate this year Blanchett. for some of us. Yeah, it was the the beginning of this year. I saw it just after New Year's. Um, so I'm technically counting that. Is it a better film than Maestro? Probably. Uh, it's probably better made. It's probably more interesting. Um, Todd Field's probably a better writer. Um, but I didn't feel the same things, you know. But I, you know, I'm such a sucker. Like I don't. I I like things that are sentimental and saccharine. Even you know, I'm just. Um, but yeah, Tar was wonderful. Just a, a beautiful, um, you know, meditation on on. Uh, society and and the un- understanding of a person and 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 what they are as opposed to what their their persona is and their ego and their celebrity and all that stuff and cancel culture and um you know how how far is too far when in the pursuit of of art um and and does it does it matter if you step on people's necks to get there and all that kind of stuff and Kate Blanchett man can't be can't be beat. All right, uh, my number two, and this this is where we start to get very controversial. It's it's not what? even top ten yet. My number mm-hmm. two is the Fables one because I watched it this year. It came out this year for us. Sure, so did I, and I've left that off the list. Oh well. Oh, you talked about it like last year. I did, but yeah, I mean, I could have. Oh no, I did see it last year because I saw it in between. No, 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 wait. Yeah, no, I saw it at the beginning of this year, but I, it didn't it didn't register in my head, so I guess I didn't like it as I liked it, but just not as much as the other stuff. Right. Where are you going then? Number two. Oh, okay. We're gonna do I've got D and D. Honor Among Thieves. I'm sorry that it's not in my top ten. I, I, I really did like it and we did an episode on it. Please go back and listen to our episode on D and D because it's um it's a it's a full on suck fest. Um we suck that movie's dick so good. Um oh. <laughs> I'm still sucking it. So, <laughs> Addy sucks it almost every day. He's Sometimes got twice a day. Balls D and deep. Um, balls D and deep. Come on, Regs. We're ten minutes into the episode. Get get a grip. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I loved it. It was a great action adventure picture. Um, I had a really good time with it. It just you know there were some other things that kind of captured me a little bit more. So I'm sorry, buddy. No, oh, that's all right. I'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna be pissed by this. Um, no. Num- number three in honorable mentions is Oppenheimer. That's okay. You're allowed to not like or like whatever you want. Did you? We, we talked about it though. Like it wasn't for you. Yeah, I mean, I love the technical aspect. It's of a lot it. of fucking white dudes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's also period accurate. So that's that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. It's there. There's no women or or people of color in that film because. That's weren't. where we were at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's okay. I mean, you, you you enjoyed it though, but just not not as much as you would like. Yeah, I think sometimes that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't have to. Think, something for everyone doesn't have to be for it. What is it? Was um, you can't please all the people all the time. So, um, my third honorable mention is Barbie. Um, the Great Time of Barbie. I rewatched it recently. Actually, bought it in four K, and it's just. It's fantastic and um, so well produced, um, so well realized, such an interesting route to take for, for what that film is. You know, it's it's kind of, it's poking fun of itself. It's got its tongue firmly pressed against its cheek, but it's also incredibly sweet and thought provoking and, and lovely and 
all the people who had a problem with it, like Ben Shapiro and stuff, are dickheads. <laughs> ben Shapiro is a dickhead. Like, oh man, that guy is. <laughs> I can't even believe he's a real person. It's unfucking real. Sorry, all the Ben Shapiro heads out there, but that guy's a dickhead. <laughs> The only thing he has in common with Ken is the fact that he's never made a woman orgasm. <laughs> because Ken doesn't have genitals, and I'm not convinced he does either. Okay, here we go. We just made some enemies on Reddit. What's uh, what's your next one? Well, my next one is Barbie. Okay, all right, see? Two butts, two pals. Two pals sitting in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay. Oh my god, you just pulled a fucking vine? Wow! My god. Oh wow, what a, what an innocent time that, vine. That does anybody remember vines? So much. <laughs> it does, yeah. My favourite of all time was, I think it was either a teacher or a janitor. It was an African-American gentleman in a school. And it was a little girl. Said, what did you just say? What did you say? And these guys, whoever threw that, your mom's a hoe. And it would kill me every time. <laughs> The idea of a teacher calling someone's <laughs> mama ho. Oh, it tickled me. It tickled oh. me. Wow. Okay. We got to vines because of Barbie. Well done. Um, how are your Barbie feelings? <clears throat> Almost the same as yours. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I did like it. I did like it more than Oppenheimer. Even even on a rewatch. Because I, I watched Oppenheimer twice. Um, I, like, I watched it twice in theaters. And then after, like, when I came out of VOD. And I watched Barbie five times, and I like I just I like it more. It's it's yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a Wes Anderson head. You you give me actual fucking sets, and then I'll come <laughs> no. to the movies and yes. watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was a nice little assist by me. There. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Uh, my number four is Foe. Um. With uh, Saoirse Ronan and um, and Dick Grayson, I'm sorry, Paul Mescal, um, who's also uh, about to appear in. I think is it we are all strangers or all of us strangers. Um, yeah, all of all of us strangers. All of us strangers, which looks fantastic. This guy's just got the most interesting career. He's going to be in Gladiator Two, which is absolutely bizarre. But anyway, um, Foe was fantastic. Really like high concept. Uh, but small yeah. and simple science fiction. Uh, I really loved it. I felt it was a little long. There was a little bit bit of fat in the middle there. You probably could have cut out, you know, for whatever reason and stuff. And But the performances were just spectacular. Saoirse Ronan is, is one of the most interesting actresses working today. She's just absolutely, like, I couldn't take my eyes off her. Just wonderful. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend that shot in Australia. And you can tell because it's when they're in the outback, it's motherfucking in the outback up. Tell you that much. It's not kangaroos and shit jumping around, but <laughs> or just well, me in yes. the background. <laughs> Hello, and then off. It's Regan in foe. Yeah, for like thirty seconds, he he hops past on a kangaroo. <laughs> Silly. He, um, he's part of the horse scene if you if you watch carefully. I'm part of the horse scene. <laughs> Why am I part of the horse scene? Because I've got a huge dick. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind Was that of, the actual joke? Yes, I'm. I'm oh, okay. 
I'm kind of disappointed you didn't get that. <laughs> but it was just, it was a bit weird, you know what I mean? It was like, hang on, is it because I've got a massive donk? Because I don't know how you would confuse a person with a huge cock and a horse. Like, I'd have to be on all fours for starters. They'd be like, you, there's a person you, over there on all fours, but they've got a huge horse cock. True. But you could be on all three because you have a huge cock. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm basically, a, I'm a tripod. Um, spectacular. How how did we get here? Like we're not even into the top ten yet. Um, you you go, you do one. Oh, this is gonna piss people off because it's full. <laughs> is it full? It's full. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um, I I do agree that there's some fat there, but I also really like that fat. A soggy midsection. It's a soggy cake. Yeah, and for like the high concept that it actually presents. It's a it's such a personal story. Yeah. And like oh And you kind of see you see that the the internals of the story twisting and turning quite obviously. Like it's not there's no surprise when what happens that happens happens, but I still really enjoyed the the journey. Um and it's just like Paul Mescal is just Dude, two, he's so two sections, man. It's like Watch it for this. Watch it for this. With Saoirse Ronan, no less. Like yeah. that is, if you want to, you know, what's this movie that's coming out now with um, uh, Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell? Anyone but you. Anyone but you. Looks great. Fine. Whatever. Big box comedy. Again, another one shot here. Everyone's coming down here. It's not fair. Um, well, it is fair. Please come to our country and 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 you know bolster up our uh, uh, cinema landscape um, and give people jobs. But. I, I will watch Sersha and Paul any day of the week over Glenn and, and Sydney. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That, that any film, day of the week and twice on Sundays. That film has... <laughs> that film has, like, big energy of two hot people being hot. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. Cause and you, you made the point when you were talking about it. I can't remember what the circumstances were that we were talking about it in, but you were like... If you've seen them in being interviewed together, they are one hundred percent. Oh yeah, climbing. I did. Like it's their their energy with each other, their body languages. It's beautiful. Like keep it up and you know enjoy your lives. Just it's just really obvious. <laughs> you might as well wear a t shirt with an arrow that says "I fucked" and then the arrow, and then the other person "I fucked" and the arrow. Like that would be. I hope they listen to this podcast and then do that. Um, okay, my last honorable mention is uh, "Haunting in Venice." Um, which is uh, the third Kenneth Brenner, um, Agatha Christie. Is it Agatha Christie? Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Hercule Poirot, or Poirot, sorry, P, with a P. Hercule Poirot, whatever his name is. The, the, the detective series, and, and uh, Kenneth Brenner plays um, Hercule Poirot. Um, I liked the other two. Death on the Nile is a weird one because it's like, fuck, everyone in this is a piece of shit now. But also it was shot during COVID. It's really disjointed. None of the sets are real. Like it's a bit fucked up. Murder on the Oriental Express was really good too. I, I, I liked that a lot. And his portrayal is so specific and, and you know, his his obsessive compulsive kind of thing going on that he's got and whatever. Um, and, and, you know, mustache begins and it's just, it's really great. But the th- most recent one is really isolated. It's in a specific um, place. None of the stars are huge, so it's not distracting. And it's kind of a ghost story. Um, and my brother-in-law took me to see it as a surprise on my birthday. He's like, hey, man, do you want to go to the movies for your birthday? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. He's like, this is what's on. 
I'm like, cool, I'll see that. And I loved it. I had such a good time with it. It was one of those movies where I completely turned off everything and just watched. And I could, I didn't, wasn't being analytical in the least. I was just like, this is a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, and I've only seen the first of those, like that trilogy. But you can skip the Nile. It doesn't. You, there's no continuity to them, so you can just whatever. Yeah, I mean, but like at the end of the first one, he gets a call that there's there's been a murder on the Nile. So. Yeah, th- but that's not really how it happens because in that, in the beginning of the the death on the Nile, like he's in, like he's already kind of on the way there but it's in service of something else it's not just like this little you know sort of oh <laughs> he leaves a calling card and it's the joke or whatever um but uh but he's uh he's really great I, I, did i say french before i might he's belgian anyway if i said it's french i was mistaken he's, the character's belgian there's like a 60 series on the same character there's a tv series yeah yeah my, my dad With, used um, to watch it i don't know yeah i can't remember the the name of the actor was someone quite famous. Uh, you you tell me what your last one is, and I'll look it up. Well, I have two. Okay. So uh, the well, the the second last one is Elemental, amazing mm-hmm. uh, animated film. It just really it, it didn't do very well. I mean, it came out at a really horrible time. Yeah, that's true. And but you know, it eventually did take over the Flash, and then took over. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by the end of its theatrical run, mm. so that was that was good. It's a it's a really fun, really cute little uh, story. So yeah, good, good. Um, just a, a quick update here. Um, uh, the character of Hercule Poirot was played by Peter Houstonoff, or Houstonoff rather, um, with a U, who's famous from um, you know, playing that character, but also from uh, Spartacus and Logan's Run. A uh, bunch of other ones. So yeah. Anyway, that's just a little update for you, folks. And what was your last honourable mention? Number six. Uh, mine was last one is Red, White, and Royal Blue. Finally, a good cheesy rom com that's fully fucking gay, and they don't die at the end. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What other of these movies in which there's a not heterosexual relationship going on did they fucking die at the end i mean like mo- most of like most of queer love stories they all end in like tragedy and all that so yeah it's while it's cliche it's also it's also not because it's one of the first times we've we've gotten some something like this and it's like oh I, I, I want i want this to be like the norm like it's 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 all it's such it's a such a feel Ugh. sorry <laughs> I got disgusted by how I was speaking. <laughs> <In the laughs> I really chucked in your own mouth. Yep, amazing. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really fun, really, uh, really funny and really heartwarming uh, rom com. Everyone should watch. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, go out and and check out Red White and Red White, Red White, Red White and Royal Woo. <laughs> I fucked up all my Ws. What's it called again? Red, white, and royal blue. Red, white, and royal blue. Fantastic. Well, let's get into the best of 2023. We've got our top 10. We're going to go sip, sip, sip again. 10 all the way up to one. I've got 11 in mind because I've got a tie at the beginning. That's um, right. But whatever. You know, this is my show. If you don't like it, get your own podcast. Hey, it's been a while since we yeah. said that. 
Um, cool. Do, you you go first. No, you go you go first because no, I, you, you, I went you, first. Honorable mentions. You go first. Oh, honorable mentions. Hor- horrible mentions. Horrible mentions is just the Flash four times. I'm yes. sorry. I give that movie so much shit. <laughs> well, horrible mentions the Flash uh, and Avatar: The Way of Water six times. Yes, yes. All that. All that. It was just. It was the, the kind of wet that you don't want. Um. God it's sake. like it's it's all okay. it's all sticky and it's everywhere like it's just disgusting at that point it's like you know what i'm gonna go home yeah oh, this is not what i wanted um heavens above okay my number 10 is the documentary ego uh the michael Gadinsky story uh, i went and saw this um uh, a few months ago at the cameo my local theater and it was just a punt because my my fiance is a, a huge um music buff Australian music buff and she loved Michael Gudinski um uh, he passed away sadly uh in so it was like 2021 or perhaps 2022 um and he is the godfather of Australian music specifically in Melbourne he was a producer but he was also owned a label he owned Mushroom um but he also uh, did tours and things like that just and a magnanimous and 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 larger than life character whose story was seen only through his what he did and how he produced and all that stuff but as a human being just a fascinating man who just loved music so much and the documentary is really really well made like it's 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 one of the best docos i've ever seen um it reminded me of um a decade under the influence the um the jonathan demi picture about the you know uh 70s 1970s pictures in hollywood the independent cinema um it had this really great sort of kinetic beginning when he was young and vivacious and 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 going after acts and chasing down silver chair and all this kind of stuff and then as he ages and gets older and it comes closer to you know now you know particularly during covid when he started up these sort of online concerts and whatnot the 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 pace of the documentary slows down because he's he's not the, the young sort of, you know, furious upstart that he was. Um, yeah, I absolutely adored it. And it was one of those ones where it was like, hey, babe, this is this is showing. I know you like Michael Kadinsky. We talked about it heaps. You watched some of those shows that he produced during COVID. This doc goes on. We both got the day off. Do you want to just go and have lunch and check it out? So it was a complete... I wouldn't have seen it from, from otherwise. If M was on tour or whatever, I wouldn't have seen it. So I'm really happy that I did. Yeah, ch- check that out, Ego, if you get a chance. Awesome. Number 10. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna number ten. That's <laughs> my my trailer guy voice. <laughs> That's just perfect. Addie's number ten. Well, um, okay. So uh, a bit of preface here. My my top ten is the films that I've enjoyed the most, gone back to the most, and haven't left my mind since I first watched them. Yep. Yeah, it's not necessarily that they were made better than other ones or that they're a better quality director or producer or fucking writer or actor performances, anything. These are just the ones that spoke to us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And if you if you if you want to know like the actual the actual top ten that'll come out, um follow me on follow me on Instagram because uh, I'll I'll probably do one do like a, a like a re-rating of this uh, after I see Maestro and uh, Rebel Moon. Uh, all right, number 10 is Talk To Me. Number 10. What was it, sorry? What did you say? What did you say? I was number 10. It's uh, fucking number 10. Sorry. <laughs> Stop it, Riggs. Okay, here we go. Your number 10 is? Talk To Me. Talk To Me. That was the, the horror picture, yes? Yeah. 
it's it's the horror film that I watched twice in theaters because it was so disgusting and so great. <laughs> um, is it a New Zealand made picture? Is that right? And no, it's well, I I'm not sure where it's shot, but the filmmakers are Australian. Oh, okay. Go go us. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a YouTube duo called Raka Raka Raka. They used to do like insane like stunt videos and uh, just all kind of skits like back when YouTube used to be that and not thirst traps <laughs> is that what YouTube is now well let's let's not get into that okay all right we'll do another show but um, cool <laughs> yeah uh, talk to me is really fun it's uh, earlier this year what skin and wearing which is not on the list it's horrifying and it scared me to death and it also made me numb to a point where i thought that i wouldn't like horror movies and i was i remember saying yeah i watched the nun too and it didn't scare me because i was like well i guess i'm just numb to horror now you mean nun begins <laughs> yeah that's one of my favorite jokes of this year i think that was fucking hysterical that and the banana nude anyway yeah and, and it's uh, uh is this is the kind of film that's kind of made you where are you little man Sorry, I've got cats everywhere. Um, this is one of those films that that kind of yeah made you love horror movies again, or yeah, how did, is that yeah okay? Like like I came out of it just just feeling that oh man, horror is so much fun. Like when it's done right, it's it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't have any horror pictures on my. Oh, actually, I guess I kind of do. Anyway, we'll get to it. Um, just looking at you, you've got the Mutant and Proud T-shirt on. Have you read um, uh, the uh, um, the graphic novel um, Children of the Atom? I have not. It's like set before the first issue of, like it, it dovetails with the first issue of X-Men that Stan and Jack did. And it's like the sort of pre, fucking cats, the pre sort of amble of him getting the crew together. And it's, fucking outstanding it's like hank mccoy um as a teenage footballer who's everyone loves even though he's got huge feet and huge hands and he's kind of a mutant but it's got all these like these neo-nazi undertones and it's just it's really fucking good if you can get a hold of it children of the atom it's it's awesome i thought of you when i was reading it the other day i'll put it on the list do please do um cool is it my is my next name me yeah yeah great uh number nin is um actually i might have to swap these shit yeah okay number nine is john wick chapter four um i love the john wicks Uh, i know it's gun porn um and i don't like guns but uh like in my real life but it's just it's a great series the fact that it started with someone killing this dude's dog and got to where it got to is is absolutely the bizarre but Keanu commits really hard Stahelski's a fantastic director of action it it's doing things that I've never seen before with camera and light um and uh just really really fa- like practical in shot lighting um and it's and it's just two, you know two people or a half a dozen people or whatever getting down and fighting and you know doing flips and 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 there's you know donnie yen is incredible in it as the blind swordsman and there's just yeah it, it really captured my imagination i saw it three times at the cinema 
just because I was so, it's so kinetic and so intense that you have to kind of see it a few times to really soak it in. Um, yeah, bought it on 4K, rewatched it um, as, as a kind of a marathon with the other ones. And it, it, it is my favorite, even even more than the first one. Um, yeah, absolutely loved it. Keep keep it up, Keanu. And I'm excited for Ballerina, um, which is the Arna de Armas uh, spin-off version of whatever this is. Um, yeah, John Wick 4, loved it. Number nine. Right. <laughs> Actually, that's it. It sounds like the TV, like there's a channel over here in Australia is like Channel Nine, Channel Ten, Channel Seven, whatever. You know, they've got all subcategories of it now, but it used to be just Nine. But the guy was so, you know, next or Nine. It's like it really. Calm down, mate. It's a fucking. It's it's <laughs> it's Burke's backyard. Just relax. Anybody out there who enjoys that Burke's Backyard joke, please PM me because, you know, that show's not on anymore because the guy who was on it was a piece of shit, but it was an Australian stable for a long time. Home next door nine, home and away, which is on Channel 7 anyway, so. And the other thing about home and away is, sorry, do you know what home and away is? No. It's it's a, it's like a, a soap opera here. It's incredibly, oh, okay. incredibly popular, like Neighbours, uh, incredibly popular in the UK as well. It's called Home and Away. They're very seldom away. You know, it's all in the... <laughs> it all takes place within the... I don't know what the suburb's called or the place where it is, the beach town that it takes place in. I've never seen any away versions. It's not like it's not like Star Trek where they go on away missions and, like, all the cast members are up on the moon or whatever. Anyway, just a thought. Um, what's your number nine? Well... <clears throat> My number nine is Are You There God? It's me, Margaret. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, it's a again, it's a it's a it's a very amazing and like a very well done coming of age story. Rachel Garner is that's yeah. Well no. Rachel McAdams. Who's the one Doctor Strange? Rachel McAdams. Okay, thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, nerd points. Because <laughs> I knew Rachel McAdams is. That doesn't count. Well, no, because I asked you who was in Doctor Strange and you knew. Yeah, well, no, just like, you know, she's only been in that. That's not very nerdy. If she was in a bunch of other, like she was in Star Wars or something, that'd be much nerdier. Hey, it's our show. That's right, it is our show. So, sorry, uh, uh, yeah, what is it? Rachel McAdams is amazing in that. Uh, in that film, and it it kind of highlights um, it, it it highlights a lot of things that that are taken very very lightly in uh, normal day, and it's just it's about a kid. It's about a kid growing up and you know figuring out who they want to be, and it's it's always fun to watch when it's done well, and it's it's just it's so heartwarming. I just. I I almost tear up every time I watch it. It's it's just it's it's so it's it like it's a hug that that you want every second of your life. And the only the only other movie that does that is Little Women, and I will fight you for it. I fucking love Little Women, man. That's that's I, I like that's my favorite. Um, Got a Gerwig picture. I, I think it's just so wonderful. Um, such a great story too. Um, yeah. That you're not going to get any arguments on me for little women. I mean, I like full size women as well. <laughs> oh, dude, wow. 
<laughs> I love the joke in Friends where like Joey and Rachel are trading books, like their favorite books, and Joey's like reading The Shining, and she's like, "Why is it in the freezer?" And he goes, "Oh, I got to the bit with the little girls in the hallway. It's too scary." She goes, "So you put it in the freezer to be safe?" And he goes, "Well, safer." But anyway, she's like, what's so good about it? And he goes, you've never read it. She goes, have you ever read Little Women? So they swap. And he's like, so about these little women, how little are they? And they're like, scary little. It just always cracked me up because it's that's you think about that. Little women. Anyway, little women, full-size women, women of all shapes and creeds. They're wonderful. Um, Fuck yeah. Is it, what, am I, what am I up to? Number eight? Number eight. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh, I'm having such a good time. Okay. Uh, Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. Um, I know I'm going to get some flack for this. I've already have. I did an extremely positive, um, uh, uh, you know, full-length review of this film on the uh, podcast, Assemble Podcast. Um, and uh, thanks thanks again for having me on, uh, Tommy and DL. Well, DL wasn't there. He was, he was busy. I, I don't know running another planet or whatever it is that he does um and uh, yeah I, I talked about how much i love it so if you like that go and check out the the podcast assemble episode on indiana jones and the dial of destiny but uh just in brief it's an indiana jones film so i'm in the door already he's my favorite film hero i think harrison ford is incredible in the role um and he's really good in this because he's has to play a really different version of of um indiana jones um and his the big adventurer kind of stuff has gone away and he's realized everything he's lost. There's real pathos there. There's real, um, real drama. Um, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Elena is in, absolutely outstanding. Um, she's such a great addition to the universe and I, I wish it had a done better because it, I, I feel like she could have got a spinoff, um, you know, Helena and the whatever um, would have been really great. Uh, I, I know there's some problems with the deep fake stuff at the beginning and, and you know, you didn't really need that sequence. You could have set it up a different way and, and you know, the face replacements. But you need to remember that Harrison Ford's in his 80s. He can't do that stuff anymore. But we got to see, you know, one last go around um, and that beautiful denouement of, of Sheen, you know, she wouldn't let him stay in the past. Um, you know, Helena, she knocked him out, brought him back to the present. He's like, why did you bring me back here? Like, she's like, because you need it. And he goes, for who? And in walks Marion and, you know, have a beautiful moment together. And then the hat at the end, I was just like, yep, this is, that's beautiful. Let's not do any more of this. Indiana Jones is finished for all time, at least until I die. And then you can figure it out. But yeah, I, I loved it. I saw it like five times at the cinema. Um, I just, it, it made my heart sing. That's awesome. I knew that that was going to be on your list. I was excited. Of course. I was excited of to course. see where it was. It'd be, it would be higher if I hadn't seen stuff that was just made better. Like, you know, the other films are made better. So, um, you're, you're, you're the one that I want. Ooh, ah, da, ba, da, ba. Grease reference for you all. My number eight is something that I watched yesterday. Oh, shit. Yeah. It is... Dream Scenario starring Nicolas Cage. Right. I saw you get this like five and a half, four and a half stars on Letterboxd or something. Yep. It's the Ant-Man movie we all desperately needed. How? I don't understand what you mean. Yeah, you gotta, you, you, gotta it, it. It. you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it? Uh, okay. All right. But, but Nick, yeah. he's, he's doing good. He's so weird. He makes so many movies and then occasionally there's one really good one. Yeah, it's like, it's the Bruce Willis effect, but, but like it actually works. Like mm. how he did like 14 movies in one year. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I was talking to someone about that the, the other night, my mate Wes, and he was talking about Bruce Willis. And I said, it's tough because the stuff that you watch sort of like post-Death Wish, you can see his health declining. Like I tried to watch a series, series called Detective Night and there's like three of them and they're all on stand. And the second one's a Christmas movie. And I thought, well, I'll watch the first one and then I can watch the second one for Christmas. I had to turn it off because it was just, it was heartbreaking um, to watch that guy lose his faculties. And he was making all those movies just so he could build up a bank of cash that he could then live off, you know, because or his family could live off because he was getting so ill. Um, but uh, but yeah, Nick, Nick just likes working. He's just a worker. Yeah, and like you can't, like he's given such amazing performances this year with with fucking Count Dracula in Renfield and now with now with a dream scenario. It's just to see him go from 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 that to this. It's it's incredible. And I know that people won't take this like this character seriously. I really hope that that he at least makes a shortlist for the Oscar because man, he deserves it for this one. I guarantee you that won't happen. He'll get a he'll get a lifetime achievement award at some point, but he'd have to dig his heels in really hard to to, to actually get another Oscar because he won for Leaving Las Vegas. And I think he was nominated for adaptation as well, which he should have won for because he played two fucking roles. Um, cool, yes, very very cool. Uh, right. My what do we do? Number seven. Number seven. <laughs> Jesus, you sound like the demon in the Golden Child. Uh, my number seven is Eo. Um, now I, I can understand if you don't know what this is, everybody. Um, but it is a film, uh, which is, I mean, it did come out, uh, technically in, uh, 2022, but I saw it this year, um, cause it was released in Australia in 2023. Um, it's, a, a, a beautiful film that is basically from the perspective of a donkey. Um, it follows a donkey as he goes on his journeys, uh, from, you know, being owned by one person, you know, uh, like in the, um, uh, in the sort of the, the I don't know we call it the roustabout world, the circus world, and then becomes a pet, and then goes on these sort of adventures, and there's some horrible stuff happens to him, and it's all it's very very much about it's an animal activist movie, um, and it's so beautifully made and and so difficult and so challenging, um, and I just loved it, and it, like you know if you listen to this show, you know I'm an animal lover. I was I was hard in the bag for this. Andrew Jupin from the We Had Movies podcast mentioned it as it was one of his favorite films um, of of 2022 because he saw it in that year. It's obviously released in the states earlier than here, um, and I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good to me. I saw they were having a premiere of it. I went and fuck it. Just I I I was shook. I don't think I spoke for about a day afterwards because it was so powerful. So if you get a chance to see it, EO, it's a really beautiful film. But go in knowing that there's some stuff in there that's hard to watch. Yeah. Also, I'm. At this point, I have to ask, is Babylon on your list? That's none of your fucking business, mister. <laughs> it's not on mine, but also because I watched it last year before Avatar. Yeah, after. see, I watched it in 2023 because it was released here on News Day. Damn, all right. So it probably yeah, so, might be there. But yeah. It might be. Um, but that's okay. It's, um, we live in different, we're on different continents. Like, it's going to be, it's we going to be weird. Um, cool. Okay. Number seven. That was sexier, that one. <laughs> yeah. Shit's he says, man. looking like a shaved ape at the moment. Or not shaved ape. My beard is getting out of control, friends. I love that. Just... I, I love the little beard. I love the beard. Love the big, much. bushy beard. It is a big, bushy beard. I'm getting, I'm going full I'm full uh, Hank McCoy. Um, Jesus. Well, speaking of Hank McCoy, my number seven is the Marvels. And go fuck yourself. 
because it's been two years. It's been two months. Why are we speaking about Hank McCoy? Is he in it? Oh no, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Spoilers on the Marvels, everybody. Three, two, one. He comes up at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. But from the X Men universe, it's, it's Kelsey Grammer. Uh, yeah. Does he fucking fall off a chair while he's being interviewed? Well, you haven't seen that, have you? <laughs> no, I've seen. I haven't seen the Marvels, but I've seen Kelsey Grammer being interviewed, and he falls off a chair, like off a stage. <laughs> Um, it's terribly yeah. embarrassing. Well, the beast is here. Right He's here. posing as a US ambassador. <laughs> and Danny goes. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the Marvels. I watched it three times in theaters. That's the mm. that's the second highest movie. No. Yeah. It's the second highest movie I watched this year. Like, the second time I've gone three or more uh, for, for a film. I just, I love it. It's got flaws for sure. And, you know, if you start, if you sit down and you, you know, be a hater and you start like picking shit, it will come off. But that's also not untrue for almost all films. The, that is true of every single film except Jaws. Yeah. Why are you yes. laughing? I'm fucking dead serious. I am dead serious. Yes. <laughs> that movie is flawless. <laughs> okay, sorry. It fucking is though. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's I'm, I love that you love it because it got so much flack. And I had a conversation with someone the other day as well. A beautiful friend of mine who's normally a really intelligent dude and stuff, and he was just talking about it being woke. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Like these characters, that we've They've existed. the the white dudes have had their day, friends. Like it's not woke. It's just that now the doors are open because people are paying attention as opposed to like they think it's. The idea of something being woke is just if it's got women or people of color or, you know, like people of other sexual proclivities than straight in it. And and it's like, oh, it's all happening, you know, everything's woke now. No, it's not. It's just that all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, these stories have a right to be told in the same way that everybody's stories had to be told. And if it seems like a huge influx or a huge sort of wave of this stuff, it's because people are like, oh, finally we can tell our stories and people are going to hear them. Yeah. And it's. Oh boy, I'm wearing the mutant shirt. I might say something, but yeah, do it, man. It's, it's a free free show. Like people who don't agree will stop listening, and that's okay. Absolutely, that's that's okay because this is for yeah. us. This is, yeah, it is. This is this is our 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 show. But yeah, I have not. I I literally I have not seen a single review. That does not say that doesn't either start with I have the feeling of I'm not a woman hater, but yeah, yeah. The other one is this sort of like uh, kind of it's doing it in a roundabout way, you know, like not directly saying this yeah, but that's... then going because it's all females. This is the blah 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 blah, but doing it real like a softball when yeah. really what the person wants to say is ah oh, fuck I hate vaginas, you know, which is just ridiculous. And like, you fucking came out of it. I know. Talk about disrespect. And like, fucking it's crazy. Like all of it works, and for someone who's seen it three times in theaters, it does. It, it works perfectly. And um, for someone who has a history of storytelling and has, has has written screenplays and is a storyteller, of course you do. You better pedigree than some dickhead. 
just goes and goes, oh, fucking, I like when Marvel movies were all fucking thick dudes I could look at. Okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> Maybe investigate that a little bit, sir. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's sit down and have a chat about that for a minute. There's not one race in this world, and people look different and feel different about a lot of different things. Mm. And it's it's important that this film is made. It's important that it's made by a black director who's also a female and is like like she has so much heart and so much soul she puts in this film and I, I love Nia DeCosta for it because it was uphill battle we knew because a lot of people came out and said a lot of shitty things about Captain Marvel when it came out Yeah, and I, I like that movie a lot and I like this a lot and it's just if you didn't like the first one, maybe not watch the fucking sequel. Yeah. Right? Well, to be fair, though, Marvel has kind of conditioned us to watch all of their shit. Um, I broke conditioning, but but it was like Clockwork Orange style difficult. Um, <laughs> and then I watched Hawkeye over Christmas again and realized why I loved it so much. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah, but also, like, just because you don't like, just because you don't like something doesn't give you the right to hate on people who like it yeah it's not like if you don't like the marvels someone's going to come over to your house and steal all your 4k discs of iron man you know it doesn't it's just not for you right now this is for someone else anyway fuck all that shit marvels i'm glad you love it what are we up to what number uh number six for you sir six number six number six for me is after sun um starring again the wonderful uh paul mescal um, and Frankie Correa, uh, sorry, Correo uh, as Sophie. Um, just an incredible uh, directorial debut um, uh, from Charlotte Wells. This movie just it it is one of the most beautiful and 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 um, heartbreaking looks at um, you know adult mental illness without doing it. Yep, because it's kind of all from the, the daughter's perspective, and she only sees parts of what that is. And then as she grows up, she kind of looks back at who her father was and sees that there was something there. And and I can really understand that. Um, Paul Mescal is sublime. He deserved his his Academy Award nomination for this. Um, he is just so subtle, and 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 it's such a small performance, and yet it says so much. And it's just made beautifully. It was. It felt like, um, in the same way that Maestro did, that I was privy to conversations I shouldn't be privy to. You know, it was real. It was real verite. Like, just I was watching something take place as opposed to a performance. Yep. Um, yeah. Just just the daughter. I can't wait to see what Charlotte Wells does. Um, what else she does. Um, yeah, she's got a really, really interesting career ahead of her. Yeah. That's after Sun's not on my list because I, I did watch it last year and it, it is in my top ten list. It's in my, it's actually in my top three of that year. Yep. Um, yeah, it's funny because we're all we're all over the place as far as release dates go, but yeah. that sort of happens when it's especially independent cinema. But yeah, I just that that film breaks me, and it, that's it's it's after Sun and it's it's mostly after Sun. Babylon is there as well, but after Sun is the one that. If I watch again, I won't talk to anyone for like a week. Yeah, it does. It it takes a lot. It's 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 not a. You don't watch that Christmas Day, you know. 
I do. I do. But, you know, people, people have different things. Yeah, that's right. Some people are watching The Grinch. You're watching After Sun. Um, cool. What's your number six? That's probably getting annoying. I'm going to stop doing that. It's not. It's, it's, it's really fun. To the audience, it might be. <laughs> Well, if you've one of, listened... one of my New Year's resolutions is to to uh, talk less and listen more, um, just because I get so manic and, and and my mouth goes a thousand miles a minute. And people who listen to this show know that. But so I might be quieter <laughs> coming, you know, in coming episodes. My number six is the wheel. Oh yes, yes, yep. I had to think back for a second there. Yeah, um, sang Ben Fraser, who won an Oscar. He did. He won the shit out of it. Um, I'm not going to review it in depth because I have. That's that's like the most personal review I've ever done, and it's. it's you up, did a piece for it, yeah, I remember. It's it's up there on the on the page, so if you want to check it out, check it out. But yeah, go yeah. go go and read it, everyone. It's it's a beautiful piece of film journalism. It's uh, it's it's hard to even talk about it, but the whale is. It's. It's something I experienced, and it's it's something that that took me out of like just the reality and like put me in a box, because and that's that's kind of where I had to be to 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 write about it. That's that's something I do when when like when something really hits. But yeah, it's um, it's it's an amazing film, amazingly directed. It's it's almost always in that apartment, and. It's 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 a journey, and you you love Ben Fraser from scene one to last scene. Yeah, and it just Char- Charlie is the kind of person that that I relate to a lot in in ways that I'm not comfortable talking about, at least now. That's okay. But That's right. yeah, it, it 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 took a lot, and it it gave me a lot. To, to think about and to, to reflect and it's this this despite the the mood of the trailer and the mood of the film it 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 ends it ends in a very uh, it has a happy ending and I think for a story with that kind of weight to it needs uh needs that kind of ending because you know we we, we live in a hard fucking world man and you know it's it's hard to come it's hard when you know you you see stories that are that just like la la land is not a good end like la la land is not a happy ending sorry and it it works with that but it, it like when you when you start the whale you don't you don't you won't ever like you won't ever expect it to have a happy ending, and when it when it does, you feel like that's 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 the perf- that's the perfect way this one could end. Mm. And I still haven't seen it. I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, it's her. You told me it was really heavy, and I've avoided it because of that. It is. It's it's very heavy, but it was it was it was like especially heavy for me for different reasons. There's personal stuff. That's totally cool. Well, there I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and check it out. Um. Was that all in the whale? Yes, number five. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> number five. Number five. Number five for me is uh, this one kind of doesn't count. I don't know, but it's in there anyway. Um, A24 released the remastered 4K um, 
version of um, Talking Heads Stop Making Sense concert film this year. And I loved it. Uh, I, I've seen it a bunch. Uh, anyway, it's 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 one of my favorite movies. It's it's my favorite concert film. I love the Talking Heads. It just has an energy about it. You could also use it as an, a workout video because um, <laughs> David Byrne is so animated and runs around so much um, that he, it's you know it's fantastic. But it's there's so much passion on that stage um, and there's so much. Uh, joy going on. I the when I went to see it at the Asta because they were doing a proper. They've got a 4K projector there, um, and I wasn't in a great place that day. Fuck it, cheered me up. Tapping my feet, people are dancing in the stalls. And every year in in February, I think it is, or the end of January, they they do the 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 stop making sense dance party where they clear out the bottom, like the mezzanine um, of the. Uh, the Asta, I think it's a mezzanine of the Asta downstairs of all the chairs and set up a dance floor and people just come and dance while the movie's on and people clap as if it's an actual concert. Like it's just, it's spectacular. So well made, all shot in 35 millimeter. Um, and the remaster is just, it's out of sight. Like they, A24's done some fantastic work. So yeah, I know it's not a new film, but stop making sense. Hey, that's all right. I mean, I, I awarded like, I avoided the Lord of the Rings re-release for both lists, but if if yeah. I would have included it, it would have it would have topped. Been one, two, and three, yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, it wouldn't even have been one, two, and three. It would be one for all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is Suzume. Ah, yes, the Suzume. You told me about this. You went and saw it at IMAX. I did. It was the only IMAX showing, apparently. Right. Um, and what? What? It's an animated picture. It's it's an anime film, and it's it's the it's the it's the first time I watched a foreign film in theaters, and it was an experience. And uh, God, I just I can't that that film. I've gone back to it, and I just it. There is so much like. So much artistry at work, and yet the the story speaks above and beyond that. It's 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 an experience. That that's where I leave it because it's 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 amazing in every way. I I like the fact that they're doing fucking. I think the only thing they're doing in IMAX here or have done they've done re-releases of Akira, and I think the boy in the heron uh, Miyazaki's new picture is is playing at um, IMAX at the moment, but. Yeah, that's cool that you got to see it there on that on that big of a screen. IMAX is 16K or something like that in terms of resolution, like when you shoot it, uh, when you blow it up to that size. Um, that's, you know, what they did Oppenheimer on. Incredible. Like resolution digital hasn't even been able to touch yet. Like it would be it would be amazing for animated films. Yeah, it's it's it was an experience, especially like watching all of it on that big of a screen. Like I wasn't, I wasn't distracted, and I wasn't like looking, looking at the words, and then looking up. It was just I was taking it all in, and it's, it was the, it was the most I felt a part of the story, in a long time. I think that kind of the the subtitle thing goes away after a while. Like none none of my films in in the top ten were were you know foreign. Well, there were some of foreign pictures, I guess, but not in the same way. Um, but uh, but yeah, that kind of goes away. After a while, you're watching that. If you're, just, if you're you, you don't remember it. reading it, you know, you remember hearing it. Yeah. 
Um, okay, my number four is is slightly problematic. I know where they. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. We're I, gonna get. We're gonna have to get into it. We'll talk about it a little bit next week when we do a proper news segment. But it's Creed three, um, and here are the reasons why. And these have nothing to do with the actor who is in it doing what he did. It's a fantastic directorial debut. Michael B. Jordan like really did an amazing job. Um, it is so anime-influenced and you kind of feel that. The story is about, you know, an aging boxer. You know, like I love, I love sports movies, but I love boxing movies in particular. Like I've been training, like boxing training for Christ. How old am I? For like 15 years, I've been doing boxing, and the the it, it's so true. There's an art. It's an art form. There's there's an artistry to it. It's not just about violence. It is about patience and timing, and and it's an incredible way to 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 be fit and protect yourself and all that stuff. But the story is so beautiful. The family element is so beautiful. There's so much going on with all of the characters. His wife, you know, losing her ability to perform on stage because she's deaf. His daughter being deaf is, is you know is a really strong part of it his kind of coming back and it's it's really well made the music is incredible like it starts with fucking you know um uh uh um dr dre and and the the sort of the origin story of this relationship um between dame and 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 and, um uh, adonis um and it's also about you know marginalized youth it's about young black people being put into uh, 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 institutions where they are abused either physically or emotionally or sexually or whatever it is and and how that can turn to violence and 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 how it can skew people you know um and 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 set them on a, on on a on bad paths sometimes you know not saying that's always the case but it can be the case um and and look it is a real shame what happened uh with Jonathan Majors I don't know the particulars of it all. I don't know the ins and outs. I know that he's been charged. He's been found guilty. He will never work again. Like, you will never see that person again. Like, regardless of whether you agree with that or not, it's just the where, the place and time that we live in. And it is a shame because he is a remarkable actor. Um, he was he was 10 years away from winning an Oscar in something. Um, I found him just electrifying to watch. Um, and to get into the shape that he got into as well is just completely admirable. He commits really hard, but his personal life, as as often does in in Hollywood, which is a really toxic environment by all standards, got in the way, and 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 now he is um, yeah, will only be able to enjoy a few of his performances. But but I really love that film. I saw it like four times at the cinema. It just got me. Just really got me. Yeah, and also there's a there's a really good interview of uh directors on directors with um Ben Affleck and Michael B Jordan yeah it's great they they really talk great. about it and it's 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 so fun and it's it's so heartwarming to see Michael B Jordan so passionate mm. that like he knows what he's doing and yeah it's i love that film for for all the reasons of John, that that is not Jonathan Majors yeah exactly he's not the reason like i don't love that movie because he's in it he's in it and i love that movie that's sort of that's sort of where i'm at so number four this is this is top four and i love my top four so much i love my top five actually i love my top five really a lot what the fuck am i saying all right number four you love your top five (laughs) and i can tell that erection is huge And I, d- I can't see it, everybody. I just noticed that his the screen raised a bit 
because he's got the laptop on his lap. Boners. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Talk less, listen more. <laughs> Just saying boners on your podcast, like as if that's going to get laughs. <sighs> you know what's heartbreaking? He said it will never be that epic. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> to move furniture around and stuff. Don't think anyone is, mate. Jesus. Uh, all right. Anyway, I'll, sorry, number four. I'll never be yours, three-legged highness. Uh, hey, look, man, I've had a lot of work done. So that's, you know, most people have their, as they get older, they have their face done. They get Botox and stuff. I've got Botox in my dick and balls. I'm just looking Goddamn. Like <laughs> just got big sausage. Anyway. Well, this energy, is, this energy is perfect for, for number four. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. It is Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Right. Okay. I never actually saw it. Oh man, you gotta, you gotta watch it now, because it's. I'm I'm keen. Like I, I was gonna go and see it at the Astor, and then I didn't get a chance to, and the the screenings ran out. Yeah, he, I'm a bit of a, a, a bit of a snob when it comes to cinemas. So. <laughs> That's all right. You also... I am like I only go to like three cinemas because I can't stand chains. <laughs> Not chains as in to be locked up with, like chain cinemas. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like they're all the same. There's no attitude to them. It's yeah. Anyway. I know, I knew what you meant. Yeah, also, my brain also mm. went there. Yeah, no, I thought it'd be some sarabi tying me up or whatever the fuck it is. What's that thing? The Japanese bondage art? I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. I don't know. I said sarabi. That's not it. That's <laughs> fucking hell. That's, that's whoever, that's whatever Mufasa's it is. Let me know wife. <laughs> no, it's not. It is. It's Mufasa's sarabi. wife. Sarabi. Yes. Is it? Yes. Okay, you're gonna look it up. Yep. Fuck, talk about esoteric. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. I think it's shibari is the Japanese, like, the bondage art where you sort of, like, tie knots around people and put them in pretzel shapes and stuff like that. Fucking, you know, enjoy yourselves. That's all right. It's only a podcast, Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's shibari. It is S-E-R-A-B-I. Well, there you go. Let's see. I need to rewatch The Lion King. Sorry, can we get to your number four? Fuck me. Oh, no, what was it? You said it was Asteroid City. Awesome, awesome. But yeah, I mean, was it how how does it rate against the others for you? Because I know you're a big Wes Anderson fan. Uh my favorite Wes Anderson film is uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's just it's it's two young people falling in love and like how how jaded they are to like the actual reality of like like all they want to do is spend time together and get married, and they do that. Yeah, like like both of them run away from their houses and they like they legit elope and like go into the forest and get married and like have a life together. And That's it's, beautiful. It's it's like and it's all from their perspective, and it's like Bruce Willis is in that too, and it's my favorite Bruce Willis performance. Oh really, Bruce Willis in a Wes Anderson film is is interesting. Um, yeah, right on. Uh. I like Grand Budapest Hotel, me, but that's I haven't seen them all, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Grand Budapest Hotel is like it's a pinnacle. It's also like Asteroid City is the one that actually seems to be more uh, standard. Mm. To like, like it doesn't like a first look in the trailer. It doesn't. It doesn't look as weird as the other ones. Which is the fucking turning point because oh my god, if you're fed up about the actual like sequelization shit of Hollywood right now, This you need this film. Yeah, right. Because, like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's it's there, and 
most people have seen it three times and catch this and I call it like the second time I watch it. It's the, yeah. the main theme of this film is let stories be stories. Like you don't have to enjoy every story. You don't have to be a part of it. But stories can exist. And they, it, it, yeah, it is. The, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, Even if you have a problem, it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. They, they exist for a reason. That's beautiful. Number three for me is Maestro, um, which I watched last night. And uh, so it jumped jumped into the, the top 10. Um, yeah, I loved it. Uh, as I said before, I, I don't understand what all the fuss is about. Um, I think it's a much better film than A Star Is Born. No, 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 no shade. Um, I think the... <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. You don't know if it's true or not, so shut your face. A Star Is Born was my favorite film of all time, so fuck you. I know, I know, but you just, you know, there might be another giant shark movie that I haven't seen yet that's better than Jaws. I don't know yet. Seems unlikely, though. Um, yeah, the performances are just outstanding. I, I don't I don't have much to say on the technical because I can't, I couldn't do that last night, which is really cool because I seldom have, and I'm able to turn that off um, without being analytical or at least appreciating the parts of the art form of, of filmmaking that are, that I'm involved in, whether it's cinematography or writing or sound design, score, directing, editing, all the, all the, all the spheres of, of, of what we do. Um, and yet, Last night I put that on. It started, and I was just in. I was just there, in, in involved with these characters, involved with these people. The performance is so staggering. The only shot that, or, or thing that sort of stood out to me was towards the end of the picture. There is a scene where um, uh, uh, Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein is com- is uh, conducting a, an orchestra in a church. And it's it's mostly one. It's a big oneer, and it goes into him and then out, and just the passion and all that stuff, and the music, the score. And I was at, when it finished, I already said "wow" out loud because I was. It really music does it a lot to me. It like builds that emotion, especially scores like that, and you know orchestral music. I think it's wonderful. I think it's I I, I think it'll get better as I watch it more um, and appreciate it more. Halfway through the film, I realized it was shot in four three. Yep. Um, like in, in in like almost it's closer to a square. It might be like a one seven seven or one seven eight if you blow it up on IMAX or whatever. But for for my TV, it was just a four three, and I love the con- the how contained it was. The prosthetic work is just next fucking level. Like to 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 I don't know if they shot on film or not. If they did, it probably would have been sixty five millimeter or something like that, or seventy millimeter, or maybe thirty five. I don't know. But if they shot it digitally, which they might very well have. The, the it tells no lies in that resolution. Do you know what I mean? Like if they'd have shot it in, in 6K or whatever, that close and for prosthetic work and the hands and all that stuff to, to read as being age, as opposed to age makeup. Incredible. I, I hope it does well at, at the Academy Awards. Again, not that they fucking mean anything, but to get recognition yeah. from your peers is, is more the important thing. Um, Yeah, I really dug it. Maestro, number three. Don't wait to watch it, man. You'll dig it. You'll dig it the most, man. Like it's got everything you want. Also, I love it's got love and music and tragedy and it's just it's perfect. I love that the first two films that he's made that Bradley Cooper has made has like they've been focused on music so much. Yeah, he seems to have been creating a bit of a niche for himself, yeah. And I I just I love that. I love that for him. And uh yeah. It's just 
I love that man talking about his work and how much he loves to work. I just, I love that man so much. Yeah, he, he, in the same way that when you see the movie that Leonard Bernstein has a passion for music, he actually says music is the thing that I always have, you know, no matter how bad I feel, I always have music and I have so much love in my heart and all that stuff. That's how Bradley Cooper feels about making films and being an actor. Um, And I, I can't, I can't not respect him for that. And motherfucker was in the A-team. Like, just think about that as a career trajectory. I was in the A-team with my shirt off and now I've made possibly the best film of the year. Yeah, just we probably we might do an episode if if it if it fits. Instead. Yeah, um, hey man, we we can do whatever we want. It's our show. Um, what's your number three? My number three is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Across the Spider Verse. Now that you've said it, I realise I forgot about it and left it off my list. But I guess that's the point, isn't it? If I didn't, if I didn't remember it, then that's that's going to be the thing. That's I went through my list as well. Yeah, that's that's the thing I love most about rankings because you'll probably say one thing. Like I was going through my letterbox and I realised I've I've seen thirty seven movies in theaters this year. And two years ago, I wasn't allowed to go to theaters like twice in really in one year. So that's a big jump. I've been 69 times to the cinema, which is a bit sexy, isn't it? It is. <laughs> 33 of those times was at the Astor. Goddamn. Because I fucking love that place. They're going to have to fucking name a seat after me, I reckon. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, well, I mean, we did an episode on <laughs> the, the movie, so maybe go and listen to that, everybody. Um, yeah, we, we, did, we did the episode. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything and... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ramble much because because we did a whole episode on it so go check that out. But Miles Miles is the future. He sure is. He he definitely is the future. And fuck, I hope Silk shows up in the third one. I I hope so bad that she so that she shows up. How can they not at this point? Like, you know, if 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 she doesn't, I'll I'll legit be really disappointed. And and rightly so. And rightly so. Because like they're they're doing the the like the Amazon thing if they're still doing that, which is which is heartbreaking as it is. But it's all a bit up in the air as you know post actor strike anyway, so I wouldn't worry about it. Um, yeah, so go and listen to our episode on uh, across the Spider Verse. Uh, I can't remember the name of that episode off the top of my head. Well, it's, it's I make up joke ones for every episode, like puns. Well, no, that's that's the actual like chronological one. So it's the Legacy of Spider Man Part Five. Part five. Yeah, okay, there you go. So Legacy Spider-Man Part Five. I mean, this episode is just called the best of 2023 because I, was, I needed to make it specific about what we were talking about. Um, yeah, so go and check out that episode. And also, for my number two, go and check out our episode, which was a emergency broadcast. Uh, the episode was called We Are Babylon. Um, Damien Chazelle's Babylon is, is my second favorite film of the year. I, I, I still... Go and listen to that episode and, and, and you'll hear us talk about it glowingly. If you love the film, that's great. If you didn't... You know, it's it's not perfect, like we said before, no film is, but it made me love what I do again in a really clear way, and it made me realize how young our art form is. Um, you know, film it's 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 only a hundred and something years old. Um, you know, compared to you know uh, 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 sculpture or, or painting or you know just art forms that have been around for as long as human beings have been around. We haven't had cameras that long, you know, so. Um, and there's so much possibility there. I still have a problem with the ending. I still have a problem with that weird midsection with Tobey Maguire in it. But 
again, I just, I love Damien Chazelle. Just, it's an original piece of work with wonderful cast and, and it's beautifully made and people giving a shit. That's all like, that's all I want. That's all I want is people giving a shit about what they're doing and, 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 you know, dedicating themselves to it against everything else, against all odds, even, even when Babylon didn't do well, um, you know, it's still, it still has merit. Um, yeah. Go and check out the, the, we hate, uh, sorry, we hate, <laughs> we don't hate anything. The, uh, we are um, Babylon. We are Babylon episode. Um, and, and here are my further thoughts on Babylon. Yeah. And fuck you, whoever it is who didn't release it in 4K in Australia. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Because you can you can get a 4K stream, you can buy a 4K stream, but it's not the same. Like, it's it still relies on, like, even if your internet is fast, which mine is, but, you know, because I pay for it to be fast because I'm doing video work all the time, it's still never going to be the same as having an actual 4K disc in a player that then is, you know, goes through a HDMI into your TV. Like, yeah. Same, same with Indiana Jones. Fucking Disney, yeah, I'm Disney Plus. Yeah, you can, uh, you can. I don't want to fucking watch it on Disney Plus. You shit ever on a disc? Fuck me. All right, sorry, I'm gonna go. Yeah, you should go. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> See, it's been um, a while. What's your number two? He has. I oh, know he was. He was on board in the the Midnight Mass set. Don't worry. Um. um I mean, yeah, number yeah. two for you. Well, we're at, we're at Babylon, so let's talk. Because, like. Did, what, did you do Babylon as well? No, as I don't. I don't have Babylon, oh. but yeah, it's. Uh, I I love the kind of movies that like in the first five minutes, if you if you're not if you're not with it, it's not gonna be with you. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. It it sort of takes no prisoners, and doesn't apologize for itself either, at any point. Um. Yeah, it's just a weird ending. If we had that ending, it would have been maybe number one. Anyway, uh, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is what well, I want you to guess. Oh man. I don't. It's either D, it's probably D and D, but then I don't know what number one would be. Is it D and D? It's Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, which we also did an episode on. We did. It was our first episode of season two. Is that right? Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Um, and it was called something. <laughs> I keep forgetting my own puns. What an idiot. Also, that was the first. That was the first and only time I've I've, <laughs> I've sent you uh, an intro. Yeah, that's what you, you did too. Yeah, that, I like that. Uh, it was called Dragons and Podcasts, episode twenty nine. If you want to go back and have a listen to our our you know glowing review, but but you've watched it you know thirty, forty, fifty times since then. I can look it up. I've let a box open. I can look it up. <laughs> it's I've I've crossed fifty. I'm pretty sure. Unbelievable. Yeah, I watched it fifty-five times. Incredible, incredible, and 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 does it keep on giving? It does. It keeps on giving. It just it's, and I can't like I. There's there's no way for me to describe it. It's just I never expected this movie to come out to be made. It came out. It was it was made. It came out, and it was everything I wanted. It was everything that I hoped that people will understand about this this community and it's gotten people from like not knowing anything about D&D to becoming D&D players that's the that's the best thing yeah that's that I'm 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 so glad that 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 it was what you wanted it to be because I know how much D&D means to you so um yeah go and check out our episode episode 29 dragons and podcasts or dungeons and podcasts rather dragons and fuck <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, all right, I guess we're up to number one. Yeah, to number one. Here we go. Drum roll. Mine's a tie. Uh, and the tie is between The Killer, David Fincher's The Killer, and Oppenheimer. Um, and I'll be brief about it. Um, I, I felt the same way about them both after seeing them. I saw them both at the cinema. Um, Oppenheimer in, in uh, 70 millimeter at uh, the Astor, of course. Um, and The Killer on a whim at Cameo, knowing it was coming out on Netflix anyway. Um, but thought, well, I'm here. I might as well check it out. Because the other thing that they... I went to see Serpico. Like, they were doing a, a legacy screening of Serpico. And I got there and they'd fucking cancelled it. No, it wasn't Serpico. It was um, The Mask. And they'd cancelled it. I was like, well, fuck, I'm here. Just check out The Killer. And I loved it. It's so lean. It's so crisp. It's so well fucking made. It is so... It has everything you want in a movie. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's... I, I can't. I can't explain it. I love something that's so simple and and it hides all of its tricks. You know what I mean? Like Fincher puts a camera somewhere and he lets something happen and then you know like the opening scene of that film where it's where it's Fassbender as the hitman as the titular killer, you know, waiting for a person to come home so that he can shoot them. And it's a long, long time that he's waiting and, and there's a building across the way. The building wasn't there. The building was shot, you know, on a separate stage and it was composited in and all that stuff and it's completely seamless. And it's but like, and it, that's using digital effects in the way that I want to see digital effects where you don't see it. Um, Fassbender is incredible. He's just, it's such a measured performance. It's not like any other Hitman film that you've ever seen. I love them. I, I love like Hitman movies. Um, it's not like anyone you've ever seen before because it's like it's real procedural and you're sort of seeing how he goes about doing his things and he's kind of he's a bit obsessive compulsive and he's got this kind of vibe around it you don't know his backstory you don't even know his current story like uh, the, the the crux of the film like the inciting incident is someone he, he doesn't you know do a job properly the repercussion is that is his lady friends get hurt. Who is the lady friend? Where does she come from? None of that's explained. He's just on a rampage to go and find these people. Um, yeah. Finch is one of my favorite filmmakers. He has a precision and a specificity that I envy because I don't, I don't have the patience for it. Um, yeah. So great to see him, you know, playing with these toys. Um, do, yeah. You, it must be seen. I, I absolutely adored it. Great soundtrack to, you know, um, uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross just knocked it out of the park. And of course, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is the reason I like making movies. Oppenheimer is the reason I like watching movies. It is so dedicated to what it is, which is a fucking cinematic experience. Um, you know, it's so beautifully realized. If you don't like the story, you don't like the story. That's totally fine. I found it really interesting and really engaging. It's a side of this, this you know, conflict that I'd never seen before. Um he doesn't fucking give a shit if you keep up. Um, he he. Well, no, let's not say that. He he he's not going to hold your hand. Like you either keep up or you don't. Um, the, it moves it quite a clip, even though it's you know three hours long. Um, I understand the arguments about the the it's 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 uh, the, its treatment of women and 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 its um, uh, treatment of ethnicities. But again, you've got to think of the time period. I also think that the characters that played by um, uh, Florence Pugh and 
Emily Blunt are incredibly important to not just the development of Oppenheimer as a character, but also as a story in its whole. Emily Blunt has one of the best fucking scenes at the end where she completely like just tears this government, you know, governmental um, uh, uh, board down um, for treating Oppenheimer the way that she, they do. Um, Hoyt Van Hoytemer is probably the top three best cinematographers working today, uh, you know, in, in, in Hollywood anyway, in the Hollywood system, along with Roger Deakins and, um, and, and Greg Frazier. Uh, and and uh, Matthew Libertique, who just um, uh, was the DP on uh, Maestro, just so beautiful, um, you know, images that are burned into my head forever. And also the tragedy of this story, um, you know, the 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 idea that at the end, no one was right. Um, yeah, it's as I said, it's it's why I like watching movies. It's like why why I like going to the cinema. Something real, something tangible, light hitting objects, actors acting with with you know craft and 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 dedication and talent, um, and and you know Nolan going, this is what I'm doing, and 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 not no, I mean he's got a, he can write his own ticket now anyway, even after Tenet didn't do well, it's like they'll give him money to do whatever the fuck. Especially after he left Warner Brothers. They were like, please come here and do... Yeah, sure, do whatever you... Three-hour meditation on, you know, the fucking atomic bomb. Please do that. And, oh, you want to hire the guy from Piggy Blinders? Sure, get him in here. He's going to win an Academy Award for that picture. And so is Nolan. Nolan's going to win Best Director and it's going to win Best Film. That's my my prediction. Um, whether you agree with it or not. Um, it is it is a stunning piece of work in the times that we're in. In the modern filmmaking landscape, this movie shouldn't have done as well as it did. And I know it got a little bit of a help, like a help there from the, the Barbenheimer phenomenon. But the fact that this film made over a billion dollars and is being re-released in, in, in IMAX again says so much about the audience's sophistication and our inability to keep swallowing this fucking shit that is being put out. This stuff that is is just capitalist nonsense and 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 is almost profiteering in a way because th- these aren't stories being told for the sake of telling stories as a as an entertaining art form it's a bunch of people sitting in a room thinking what is going to make us the most amount of money this quarter um that is no way to approach art and i'm so glad that there are people like david fincher um and 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 like uh, uh christopher nolan and bradley cooper and and uh, uh you know jordan peele and greta gerwig and you know these these charlotte wells these wonderful creators who are making really interesting original pieces of work at a time where interesting pieces of work are three words you don't often hear when reviewing movies that are coming out of the hollywood system the killer and oppenheimer are my number ones thanks for letting me rant Fuck yeah, man. I love that. I love that so much. And also just the Barbie Harmon thing just shows that, you know, people give a shit. And like it was it was a small amount of people who actually love film who made that like a like an event, like a summer event that you that you had to do it to a point where people people that I know that don't give shit about movies were doing that because they yeah. wanted to look cool. And hey, if that's like if any of that goes to like and like Barbie and Oppenheimer are two movies driven by their directors. Like, nobody else can make those movies. 
right? Mm. And we need those kind of directors, we need those kind of stories, and we need those kind of movies, right? Yep. Yeah. And absolutely. Yeah. So fuck yeah, man! Everything you said. Also, just to um, uh, clarify, I didn't say Jordan Peele, conf- confusing him with um, Michael B. Jordan, by the way. I know. I know Michael B. Jordan direct. No, I was just clarifying myself because everybody else I said had pictures in my top 10, but I was just thinking of Jordan Peele because how much I love Nope. Um, and, and I know he's he writes original material and he's one of the only guys doing it. And, you know, I appreciate that. But I didn't confuse two black guys is what I was trying right. to say. Right, okay. <laughs> um. You are number one, sir. Here we go. Drum roll. I don't know if you've heard about this one. It's D&D again. It's not. Oh, God, that would be so cool. Two D&D movies in one year. Fuck yeah. It's double D. <laughs> Let's not do two D&D movies in one year. That will that'll, that'll no. ruin most of it. Yeah, it'll just water down the results. So what is it? Okay, what have I not heard of? Um, my number one is Bottoms. Bottoms. I do know this picture, but we've only just got it here. So I haven't seen it yet, but um, it has the wonderful actress from um, Shiver, Shiver Baby. Baby, yeah, Rachel. Which w- I fucking loved that movie. That was so great. Have you watched? Uh, what's her name? Uh, Rachel Sennett. Yes, yeah, right. I don't know. Sana. Have you watched? Sorry. Have you watched the bear? No, everybody keeps telling me to, but I'm in the middle of like four other things, so I can't just stop and, it's right. and do. It's, bear. it's a very, it's a very anxiety-inducing show, so. Be, be careful what, sorry? when you watch it. But yeah, it's got... It's a very what? Anxiety-inducing show. Yep. Well, that's the thing. I worked in hospitality for fucking years, man. Like, up until I was, like, 29. Like, you know, I, I, I might I might collapse. Um, yeah, so... so Sorry, go ahead. Tell me about the... the oh, she was also in um, a very, very confusing show, The Idol, this year, too. She was. I raised that from my memory. Just the existence of it. it. It's it's a fucking it's so weird. It's such a weird show. Anyway, f- fuck the idol. Um, t- tell me about bottoms. I want to hear about. It. I just I just want to shout out one more cast member, uh, Ruby Curse, uh, Cruz. She she's in it. She's in the Willow series as well that got cancelled because fuck Disney. Um, she play she plays a gay princess in a, a in it's it's amazing. Okay. Um, but yeah. Fuck me. Right. Uh right. Bottoms is 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 it's a women empowerment story and it's it's done it's it's a comedy and it's done so fucking well that you can't it's it's like a it's like a very it's it's a it's a Wes Anderson film that speaks to you but you can't say shit about it because you don't know how it spoke to you. It just did. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's it's amazing. It's funny. It's got heart. It's it like when it was time, it, it rips you. And it's got gay people. It does. Yeah, well, I mean, the 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 uh the synopsis for it is two unpopular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation. Yeah. Right on. And uh, Emma, is it Siegelman? Also, also directed Shiver Baby. Fuck, she was born in 1995. That's fucking crazy. And I believe Rachel Sennett also has a writing credit on this one. Or story oh, okay. credit. Uh, yeah, yeah, she does. Written by. A yeah. writer and executive producer as well, which I love. I, I love that. Amazing. I'm going to have to see this picture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. I'm going to look it up and see if it's playing. Maybe I'll go and see that tomorrow instead of poor things. Um, 
Yeah, what? Why do you love it so much? It's it's just it's it's a Wes Anderson film movie that's not that's not Wes Anderson. But it's it's like it's more mainstream, but also hits a, hits a turn and it never never looks back. Awesome. Well, I, I kind of don't want to hear too much yeah, more. Like, let's, if, if let's you want to praise it more, great. But I'm I'm kind of keen on seeing it. It might be on VOD. I might just fucking watch it. It is. Me. It's a, it's on VOD. Um, also, we're not getting poor things here, and I I I, I hate that. But really, are you fucking kidding not. me? His last film won Academy Awards for people and shit. Like, it's your ghost. Like, he's one of the most interesting guys to ever do it. Do you know? Do you know why? Do you know why we're not getting mm. it? Because Aquaman is it needs gay more stuff again? Is it gay stuff again? No, it's not that. What's the matter? Aquaman two needs more screens. So, come on with the Aquaman. I keep forgetting that's coming out. Um, it's it's out and I'm not going because <laughs> DC scarred yeah, me. I just, I, I'm not interested anymore. Um, I hope Momoa ends up as Lobo, the end. Uh, I hope he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Now, you, now we're talking. Yeah. Now yeah, we're talking. Okay. Um, bottoms, number one. That's that's incredible. I'm so glad it was an, uh, like an indie darling picture. Mine were two big fucking Hollywood films. What a, what yeah, a, what a loser. Those those were two those were two Hollywood films that, that felt a lot like an indie film. So Oh yeah, I mean particular like the killer feels more like something Fincher would have made around the time that he made seven than it is now, you know, like after sort of post being, you know, his bigger part of his career, Gone Girl and all that stuff. And yeah, Oppenheimer is the kind of picture that would get made under the radar by a European director in like 1995. Um, just because he has the cachet of, of doing it. I hope he gets to do his Howard Hughes picture. I think that'll be really interesting. Anyway, that's it. That's our top 10 and a few extras uh, for 2023. Thanks so much for, for being here and being our audience. We're, we're so, so lucky to have you and, and so, so grateful. And we just we just love talking movies. We're just very passionate and also very silly in equal parts. Um, but before we run off, we do have a, a question or two. And we also have some of you good folks have written in your top three. Um, do we have their names? Can we say their names? Are you allowed well, to do that? Uh, they have their usernames. I can say their usernames. Well, let's say their usernames and then you know that you're you're a part of the whole thing. Um, yeah, so uh, question time. We do have a theme song. We do. Here we are. What's What was the question? Though? So, well, the question was... Uh, Give us your top three if you have any. And if you have any questions, give us that. So we have one question and three top threes. Amazing. Amazing. What was the question? So the question was, what was the movie that surprised you the most this year? Yeah, probably... Let me check my thing again. (laughs) I'll just make a fucking huge noise first. Idiot. Yeah, probably Ego, the, the, the documentary. Because I, I just I, I went not knowing anything and came out of it being like, I wish I was a documentary filmmaker. <laughs> Definitely that, and and probably um, John McFour. Like I did, I wasn't expecting that to be as good as it was. There's absolutely no reason that the fourth film in in a series should be as fucking good as it is. Um, yeah, that that they might too. What about you? It would be full, but I but I knew that was going to be epic because because uh, of the talents Look involved. At that cast. Yeah. It's also like a you don't you don't see a sci-fi film with like just three actors for the most part. Like it's I love that. It's it's like that. so it's like 
it like it takes me back to like the first time I ever made a, a film and I didn't know what the fuck to do, so I made an action asylum film with two of my friends that I just said wear black suits and come. Yeah, man, that like I'd love that. I fucking love that. You write to the specifics of what you can control, um, and that movie is big in terms of its ideas and some of its imagery, but it's a very oh, very yeah. small intimate picture um that barely leaves that farmhouse and and i i the more i think about it the more i liked it yeah like also can we like while we're here can we just talk about the fucking southern ask accent that paul muska has because i was not expecting that man absolutely slays it like he's just he 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 he's like on his way to becoming a character actor his performance in carmen was fucking outrageous and that was before normal people i know was it it was it was before normal people they shot Carmen before normal people. Yeah, because no, normal people. I think it was right. Normal people. He went on right after that, because right. it, it came out in twenty one. But Carmen is is a twenty nineteen film. Is that right? Okay. Well, fuck me. Yeah. Just I watched that again recently as well. Uh, again, I watched it for the first time recently, and it's beautiful. Melissa Brea. Just yeah, I loved it. Anyway, sorry. So not foe would have surprised yeah. you had it not had the pedigree it already had. What was the um, one that did surprise you? Oh, um, it's it's a cheap out answer, but I'm gonna say Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, of course. Because like, dude, there is no fucking way in like a, a billion years that I would have thought that that a Dungeons and Dragons movie would be made, and then would work. Because mm. like, like Jumanji has already done it. Like, like you and like it it was it was a really good decision to not have all of that, and then by the end of it, be like three people on table, because that would have. That would have like take because that's that like that is what fundamentally D and D is about. It's about you imagining what your character is doing in your head while you're playing this game with your friends in front of you. Yeah, but it it shows like the like the more imaginary world that this that you can that you yourself can create for your character, and I love that decision that it, it didn't go the Jumanji route. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. There you go. D&D, friends. Um, cool. So who, who are these people and what are their top three? So the, the first top two we'll go to is the Marvel's Fanatic. I love that use. Hello, the Marvel's Fanatic. What are your top three? So two, whatever it is. I'll go number one, two, and three then. Yep. So one is uh, Hunger Games, The Battle of Songbirds and Snakes. Fuck. Nice. Fuck. I fucked up because that should have been on there. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I I haven't seen it, so I I, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen a ballad of songbirds and snakes. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Also, the Hunter Schaefer was in it, so it should have been on my top ten. Should have. Um, number two for them is uh, Across the Spider Verse. Totally nice. agree. Number nice. two for me too. Yeah, if you haven't listened to our episode, please. Well, if you're a fan, you probably have. <laughs> And uh, number three is Anyone But You, which is the Glenn Powell and Cindy Sweeney movie. Right, okay. I, they must have seen it early somehow. Yeah. Maybe it's out. I wonder where they're it's, from. It's out in the Let US. Let us know where you're from, friend. You're probably from the US because we, we only just got that. I know we're getting it New Year's, I think, or maybe maybe Boxing Day has already happened. But um, beautiful. Okay, well, that's a, that's a good review for a big box comedy. Normally they, um, they sort of leave me a bit cold. Uh, who was next? Next was our main man, Chad. Oh, Chaz. What's up? Sorry. Chaz. What's up, Chaz? Um, wow. His top three are two of the movies I, I know and one I've not heard of. And all three of okay. them I haven't seen. 
All right, here we so, go. Chaz, the no, main man. Chaz's number one is uh, Joyride. Right, yep, I haven't seen that. And uh, number two is It Lives Inside. Haven't seen that either. And number three is Moon Garden. All right, homie. Like this is this is good. Fuck this yeah, is man. this is why we need this is why you need some Chaz in your life because he will give you some shit that you didn't know you needed. Um I'm gonna have to go and check all those out. Yeah. Also, shout out to Chaz again because he's one of the people who sends in questions almost every time we do uh, questions. Oh, he's a huge fan. He's, so, he's thank you. so lovely as well. He sent me a Christmas message and reposted my stitch up reading from the book of Die Hard from last year. And yeah, he's, he's incredibly supportive. We appreciate you a lot, Chaz. And uh, the last one is by JC Media 21. JC Media 21, what's up? Um, so his first one is Across the Spider-Verse. Valid. Nice, nice, nice. His number two is Past Lives. Past Lives. I don't think is I know that one. Is the A24 Greta Lee film? Well, Greta Lee is, is the main, is the main lead. She's not, okay. she's not the director. Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. And see, this is great. I'm getting all this new media. The Christmas is over, man. I'm done with Christmas movies. I'm ready to watch some new shit. Which is, you know, what I get excited about when a new year comes. I've got a great list coming up. I liked Past Lives, but I wanted, I wanted more from it, and it, it was going in that direction until it didn't, and then I was just, I was, I was disappointed because there was, there was still so much story of that to tell and so many more things to explore, and it just ended. Yeah. Okay. Well. It's, but yeah. It's, Glad it's, you have it in your top three. Opinions are everyone's opinions. Yeah, that's right. If you if you enjoyed it, bless. What was the third one? And the third one was Oppenheimer. Nice. Now you're talking my language. Okay. Wicked. Was that everybody? That was everybody. That's everybody. Thank you. We finished. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for thanks for engaging. We should do that more often, like when we talk about something, just like, hey, tell us your favorite stuff and we'll call out your name. Um your, your, your handle, obviously, not your real name, and your address and your social security number and your, you know. Bow movement, size, shape, color, frequency, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, again, welcome to 2024, everyone. It's going to be a good year, I promise you. Um, just keep your chin up and um, keep watching movies and, and we'll keep coming back here and talking shit about them. Addy, you're perfect. I love you, man. I love you too. Stay cool. And we'll see you next week or next fortnight, actually, because we're going to a fortnightly schedule. Next fortnight with what? What are we talking about, sir? We're talking about our favorite Christmas movie. Am I, am I, is that okay to call it, it's, it that? It's favorite animated Christmas movie. Um, it's not my favorite Christmas movie. My favorite Christmas movie is probably Batman Returns, oh. um, which is also my favorite Batman movie and also my favorite superhero movie. So it's kind of hitting a lot of things. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang's good. I like lots of them. But yes. It's it's probably my favorite animated Christmas movie. I'm sorry. Do you like a lot of Kiss Kiss Bang Bangs? Is is that what we're leading? I like Kiss Kiss. I did, well, you got to Kiss Kiss first, and then you Bang Bang. You can't just Bang Bang. Like you've got to. Why not? F- foreplay, mate. Let's just let's not let's not miss out. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't start an engine cold. Like you let it warm up. That's all I'm saying. Um, but if it's <laughs> but if it's freezing, then it's gonna be cold either way. Yeah, but you don't just start. You don't start it and then go like you start it and you let it warm up and you know maybe you go and make yourself a cup of tea and then you come back and she's ready to go she being the car in this metaphor yes (laughs) let's get out of here quick (laughs) (laughs) anyway next week we're doing klaus (laughs) all right folks thank you so much again for joining us much love and remember 
Stay amazing. Stay safe. Mutant and proud.